good to be here. I'm going to type in 1 Samuel 17. So that, so we've got that there uh, in the the chat box there. Go ahead and say hello if you're here. All right. So I'm going to talk today about three steps towards your giants. And those three steps are actually sentences that we're going to look at three sentences used in the story of 1 Samuel 17. And then we're going to take those sentences and we're going to rewrite those sentences. We're going to think about them and rewrite them. And the thing is, that doesn't do the trick. The thing that really works, the only thing that works is for you to start believing it, for you to start walking into that, for you to make a choice to change the sentences in your head. The sentences in your head are the sentences that are winning or losing your battles against your giants. And I'm going to say this at the beginning. I'll say this again sometime in here. But God's belief in you isn't what makes you defeat or uh, or not defeat the giant. It's your belief in who God says you are. God's belief is settled. God's belief is deep and strong. God's belief is there for you. It's our belief about ourselves that moves the giant, that moves the battle, that moves the needle, okay, that defeats the giant. And we have some sovereignty of God issues in that area where we think it's what God thinks about me. That's all that matters. No, that is not all that matters. And we're not going to get into that right now, but I want you to be really digging into this idea that it matters what you think about you and how you line up your thoughts with God's thoughts about you. That is the beginning of your victorious watch. That's the beginning of who you are. That's the beginning of how you walk. Now, the enemy is constantly speaking to us. It often sounds like our own voice. It sometimes sounds like the voice of scripture. And sometimes we confuse the voice of the enemy and we say, this must be God telling me who I am. All right. And then our experiences speak to us and give us sentences to say about ourselves, to think about ourselves and to generate energy towards living our life the way that we do. We live our life the way that we do because of the sentences we are constantly repeating in our heads because of the sentences we say about ourselves and about our situation. Now today, again, I'm gonna look at 1 Samuel 17. I've been like digging into the story of David and Goliath a lot, trying to stay within the confines of 1 Samuel 17, which is very hard for me to do. I love jumping from topic to topic, I did to idea, but I just keep speaking on the David and Goliath story, all right? So this message is a little bit similar to the one about the Goliath virus. The Goliath, 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 the Goliath virus was about fear, the fear that sets in before we even step up to our giant. There is fear that comes up before we even step up to our giant. So I wanna encourage you to hear that fear, to settle in with that fear, to understand that fear and to not be afraid of that fear, to not be afraid of fear, to not be afraid of the voice of the giant, to not be afraid of the voice of your Goliath, to be okay with fear, to be okay that you're afraid to step up to the battle. And then in being okay, you're taking care of it because there's no shame or no condemnation connected to your fear. All right. But if we try to stuff it, if we try to deny it, if we try to shout scripture over it, it's just a generalized kind of a fist fighting. We don't know what we're fighting. We're just generally trying to get that fear away so we don't have to experience that fear. 
but we're humans. Fear is there, but fear doesn't have to stop us. So I'm going to talk about, I'm going to share three sentences that are used in the uh, story of David and Goliath. And the first sentence is our enemy constantly tells us you are. I've got some old school out here on behind me because I couldn't figure out exactly how to utilize the technology yet with this, uh, this system I'm using, but the, the family and our leaders and our enemy often are in agreement with who we are. And we constantly have this, their sentences in our head saying, you are, it might not be as strong as you are a loser or you are no good, or there is no hope for you because you are lazy or because you are not educated enough or because you're not smart enough or because you are not good enough or because you are not moral enough. It, but there's a that now those are the, the extreme right out there in your face you are but it it might be more subtle and more nuanced like you're okay but you probably won't ever amount to much like you're you're, you're all right you're good at that but you're not very good at that or you'd be you are good at this but without this other part you'll never do any what any good and so we see this with Eliab David's older brother in first Samuel David is there as a delivery boy. He's a shepherd, yes, but he's delivering things to his three brothers, Eliab being the eldest brother. And we, we've gone over the story. You can read it in 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to read verse 28. All David's doing is asking, hey, what happens to the man who kills Goliath? David's intrigued. David's a young man. David might even be a little bit foolish. Or maybe. We don't know. We assume he's not because he wins the battle. But right here at this point, he might be a little bit foolish. So Eliab, his oldest brother, heard what he said to the men and Eliab's anger burned against David. And he, and he said, why have you come down here? With whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption. I know you're overconfident and the evil of your heart. I know for you have come down in order to see the battle. And I'm not going to talk about how David responded or anything like that. But basically, Eliab's brother, I mean, David's brother, Eliab, is saying, you are, you are nobody. You're a tender of sheep. You have no business being here. You are a delivery boy. Why are you even asking about what happens if Goliath is defeated? You are my littlest brother. You're my smallest brother. And I think it's implied you're my weakest brother. You are the weakest brother. You are the brother who doesn't belong here. The three of us belong here go back home to where you belong and watch those few little sheep. You are overconfident and that's a bad thing. You are full of a wicked, wrong motive for even asking that. Think about what a you are statement is. A you are says, this is your being. This isn't like you did something Well, you made an arrogant statement or you did something bad over here. It's saying you are, it's a, you are, the enemy uses shame statements as you are in a shameful way. And God, God's statements, which we're going to get to in a, in a little bit, uh, God's statements are always freedom statements, sonship statements, and daughterhood statements. They're never shame statements. What you are statements have been spoken over you by your parents, by your spouses, by your siblings, by your brothers and sisters in Christ, by your, your, your circumstances, by your leaders in church, by your leaders at work, 
what your statements have been spoken over you that you're listening to, that you're repeating, all right? What are they? Start to notice them. Start to feel the pain of them. Because until you can feel them, until you can see them, until you can experience them, until you're comfortable with the wrong you are statements. I don't mean comfortable, well, that's just who I am. I mean comfortable with now I'm clear on what the enemy's calling me. Now I'm clear on how the enemy's used brothers and sisters and siblings and parents and spouses and the people around me to speak things into my life that aren't true. It's that only at that time can we come back with the correct I am statements, okay? Now, often our experiences also tell us you are, like we're not successful in a job, so we hear you are not a success. You are not a successful person. You cannot be a successful person. And it's total opposite of what God says that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. We're given to in order to be givers. We are blessed and we are given something spiritually in order to give something up. All right. And in this area, when you're agreeing with your brothers, when you're agreeing with the king, when you're when you're agreeing with your enemy, when you're agreeing with your experiences, you're actually in agreement with your giants. You're in agreement with the, the, the enemy of your soul. You're in, in agreement with the devil, who's the liar, who's the king of all liars. OK. And you're not in agreement with God. So there's a second thing. I have it up on the board here that our families and leaders and our, our um, enemies tell us is you are is the first one. The second one is you cannot. Again, we see that with the king, uh, with King Saul speaking over David. If you cannot. And you cannot, again, is always based on you are. If you are a loser, then you cannot have a ministry. If you are blank, then you cannot be this or you cannot do this. And we find that in 1 Samuel 17, verse 33. Now, David is taken to the tent. Saul hears about David's uh, desire to fight Goliath. David comes in and Saul look, takes one look at David, just one look. He doesn't interview him. He doesn't check out his fighting skills. He takes one look and he sees a shepherd and he sees a delivery boy. He sees a young man and he says, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him for you are only a young man. And Goliath has been a warrior since his youth. You don't have the experience. You cannot because, and we hear that a lot. And there are some barriers of reasons why we can't do things. But when, we, when the barriers are based on I cannot because I am somebody in the wrong sense, then we'll never take the effort to kick through those barriers. All right. So this you cannot is you are unable to. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You cannot do this because you are not enough. You cannot do this because you are not moral enough. You cannot do this because you don't have the proper education. You cannot do this because you don't know the right people. You cannot do what God is asking you to do because of blank. All right. So what we do, we deny the very faith of God. We deny the very voice of God. And we hear this. I hear this in coaching a lot and in pastoral care. I am, I, somebody has called me, you are, 
I think God's calling me that I can do something. He wants me to do something, but be based on my, you are, there's a, you cannot based on the wrong. I am. There's a wrong. I cannot. So the very thing God's asking us to do, the very thing we want to do, we then say, I cannot do this again, because I, I cannot do this because I do not have the courage. I do not have the anointing. I do not have the spiritual gifting. I do not have the finances. I am too young. I am too old. Now, we heard Saul had excuses for why David could not fight Goliath and David could not defeat Goliath. And Saul attempts to fix David's problem by giving David Saul's armor. But this is something that David knew, and I don't know how he knew it except for time, being the simple shepherd boy, fighting the bear and fighting the lion. But David knew that he could only fight in the truth of who he really was. David knew he didn't have to put on any wrong protection. David knew that in order to do the Lord's work, in order to defeat Goliath, that he could show up as himself, simple, even foolish, even looking out of place, and he could still be the perfect man for the job and the perfect moment. I think that's fascinating. Most of us think I need a better sword. I need a better helmet. I need better equipment. I need to be something that I'm not now in order to fight my giant. But let me tell you something. God, any giant, and let me tell you this, any giant that's in front of you, you are completely equipped to fight that giant. You're completely equipped to do battle with that giant. You're completely equipped right now how you are to fight the giant that's standing before you and the promises of God. You don't need more. You don't need to be more moral. You don't need to know more scripture. You don't need to have more strength. You don't need more faith and you don't need more courage. You need to step up in simplicity and believe that you can fight that giant and that you can defeat that giant. All right. So there's there's the you are sentence that's given to us. There's the you cannot sentence given to us and that there's the you will sentence. And Goliath gives David the you will sentence. And I like to think of sentences as being sentenced to death, is that we're sentenced to death. We're put into captivity by these sentences. But we know in our freedom that the door to our captivity, the door to the jail we feel like we're in is always open and the Lord is always inviting us to walk out of that. And it comes down to how we believe. Now, I love what, I love what Goliath says. It's in uh, 1 Samuel 17. I thank you for the comments and everything. And I, I, if I'm here with, with Jim Sim or I'm here talking with somebody, I usually add the comments. But right now, I'm just going to go through this. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll at the very end, I'll go and answer some questions or comment on that. Maybe when, when I'm off of offline here, but, but first Samuel again, 17 is, uh, verse 43. And this is a longer scripture. The Philistine Goliath said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with a shepherd staff? He's mocking the equipment. He's coming to him, the weapons he's using. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine Goliath also said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, I want to stop right there and I'll get back to each three of these scriptures, but specifically that one. Goliath said, 
You will. This will this will happen to you. I will do this to you. You will. The Israel, the Isra Israeli soldiers, the uh, Israelites all tremble in fear. None of them want to step out. David hears the same. You will. I will do this to you. You will be destroyed. You will be fed to the dogs. You will be defeated. You will be embarrassed. You will be put to shame. You will not be able to accomplish this. David goes, huh, I think I can. I think I want to. I think I'm going to go out there. So when we find the courage, I just want, this is what I want to kind of point out here. And again, you go and listen to the Goliath virus, and it's, it talks a lot about this fear. But when we step past that fear, we take the courage and we face up to people, we're often confronted with their, you will. If they're, they're, What they're saying is, if you disagree with me, you will regret it because you will uh, see my anger. You will be blank. You will be hurting me if you tell me the truth. I will do this to you if you will do that. And a lot of times we back down doing the things we're supposed to do, doing the things we're called to do. And I don't mean confronting in love, like oh, I'm just going to confront love. I don't care what people think, but, but, but there's a you will that the enemy is always constantly throwing out to us. Now, if we desire to mature as humans, if we desire to grow in the faith, then we will have to ignore the giant sentence of you will be fed to the dogs. We have to choose to ignore when people say to us, you will regret being honest with me. You will regret taking a chance. You will regret stepping out. You will regret expanding your territory. You will be punished for blank. We have to get over that. All right. So those are the three sentences that the enemy offers us. They offer it to us, honestly, through a lot of times our spouses, our siblings, our parents, co-workers, leaders in church and things like that. But here's what I want us to see is that those they offer that to us, but we don't have to accept it. But it's us that keeps those words and we bring those words into our brain and we, we often repeat them over and over and over again. And we do damage and we repeat the words of the enemy, even if they're the words of our family or the words of our spouse or the words of our parents, the words of our past. We become our own worst enemy because we repeat those back as if they are true and if they have meaning. What I want you to connect, though, before we go on to these sentences we should be saying, the words we should be saying and believing to ourselves is if you don't get the first one, if you don't get your your you are's right, which I'm going to put up here as I am, then your cannots stay. I cannot. What happens is people say, I can, I will. I'm going to go do these things for the Lord. But it's on a weak I am. They don't have confidence and who God made them to be. And when we don't have confidence in the I am's the Lord speaking to me, then we will still not be able to do what we say we want to do. We will still not get out there and fight our Goliaths or we'll fight them half-heartedly and come back and hide in our tent. If you don't have your I am straight, you will keep saying I can and you won't be able to. If you don't have your I am straight, you'll keep saying I will do this. 
I will do blank. I will minister more. I will speak more. I will lose weight even, or I can those things. This is the deal. If you don't have your I am straight of who God's saying you are, you won't do your I cans and I wills. All right. Now, this is this is difficult for a lot of people to believe, but because they most people believe I'm going to try to say this really well. Most people believe that it's God's belief in me that gives me the strength to do what I do. And that is a yes, but there's also an and. It's actually your belief in your ability to do what God's told you to do. It's your belief that is stopping you from living in your promised life. It is not God's belief about you that is stopping you from living your promised life. It is your belief right here in your thoughts that's stopping you from facing up your Goliaths, stopping you from walking into the battlefield, stopping you from taking over Terry territory, stopping you from living in your promised land, stopping you from living your promised life. I'm going to tell you, get that right. Get the I am right. Believe it and then walk it out. Say I am. And if I am, then I can. And if you are and you can, then you will. All right. But if you say I am, but you don't believe it, then you won't even hope I can. So you never will go to the I will. All right. So there's a connect. There's a thread there of your belief, believing how God made you and God created you and God designed you. All right. Now, we must turn our URs into I ams and you get to decide who you are and what you are. And we can say, oh, well, God decides that. But you decide you read through scripture. You decide what you believe. God doesn't decide what you believe. God doesn't decide what you do. You decide who you are. You decide what you believe about yourself. Your brain chooses. It can be just by default, you've chosen some negative beliefs, some beliefs that don't get you in the right places. But let me tell you, you are choosing those things. And that's a sign of maturity is to intentionally dig in and find out where your use are are corrupted and where you need new I ams. It's also, this is a point where you find out where am I blaming God where am I blaming God? And that's a whole nother topic I've touched on a little bit. I don't want to go into that. But if you keep believing that God, that God's I am is the only thing and that you don't have a belief invested in I am, then you're going to be blaming God for who you are, what you can do and what you are doing. Now, why would we let anyone else decide who we are? Because our brain, often these things happen when we're younger, happen when we don't have some 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 scriptural truth, some inner healing in there. And what we do is we have, we put a wrong emphasis on what parents say. We put wrong emphasis on what spouse say. We put wrong emphasis and we go to fix ourselves instead of going and asking God, who am I really? Now, you've got to turn your, your you are into an I am. And your I ams can be general, like I am a friend of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, yes. But it's got to become more, more clear. I am an amazing person. I am an amazing dad. I'm an awesome dad. I'm the perfect husband for Cretia. There's no better dad uh, than me for Zeke and Victoria and my daughter-in-law, Monica. There's no, nobody better. I am a great friend, and anybody would be lucky to have me as a friend. I am a clear, direct communicator who shows love through how I speak. 
I'm a breakthrough thinker who helps people break through in their thinking. Those are some very specific things. I also use in there, it's a little more general, but I'm God's one of God's favorites and I'm highly anointed. I have everything I need to live a life of abundance. I have everything I need to fight my giants and continuously, even in my late 50s, expand my promised life into some really brilliant, beautiful territory. So who are you? Are you living out and believing who God says you are? Or are you living out and believing what your siblings say you are, what your spouse says you are, what your bad experiences say you are? All right, the second one, you gotta take your cannots and turn them into I cans. We must take our cannots and turn them into I can. I can is powerful. I will is even more powerful, but I am is powerful. I can is powerful and I can builds on I am. I can fight a giant. I can fight any giant that's in, in front of me. I can fight this giant right now. I can defeat this giant in front of me. I can defeat this giant in front of me and all giants that will get in my way as I expand my land. I can, I can take over new territory. I can do and learn new things. I can grow and mature beyond exponentially quicker than I have in my last 40 years of me being a Christian. Actually 44 years, uh, almost 45 years of me being a Christian by my choice as a 13 year old, got baptized 50 years ago in uh, Van Nuys First Baptist, California. And so I can, it's not arrogant to say I can defeat my giants. It's actually humility to depend on God for the strength and for the right beliefs for me believing what he says about me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is a great scripture can be, be put there. And, and we really need to think about this well as I can do everything God has for me. I can do everything God has for me. And I don't need to worry about those things he says he will do. And I don't have to worry about those things he says others are called to do. All right. So it's going to this, this uh, you will turn into I will. Just go back to 1 Samuel 17, 43, but you start with 45 here. Goliath has cursed David. Goliath has said, I'm going to feed your birds. Of the, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. You're like, a, you know, like, don't you're just you're just beneath me sort of thing. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I love this language here. Our weapons aren't physical weapons or weapons of, of uh, a spiritual realm. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted this day, this day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the corpse of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth. He uses the giant's words back at him. I love it. So that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that this entire assembly may, may know that the Lord does not save with the sword or with the spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will hand you over to us. I will. And uh, I, I want to really emphasize right here, pay more attention to God's God's will than the giant's will. And you get your I will straight and stop paying so much attention to the giant's I will or you will, or I will do this to you. Secondly, in this, in this area of I will, turning, turning your, the giants you will into I will, 
is use the giant sword where the giant is tormenting you with, I'm going to spread your body and the birds are going to eat it sort of thing. Use that back to the giant. Be fearless and be fierce and be violent and be ready for bloodshed when you start saying, I will step into this battle. I will walk into this land. Secondly, don't wait for a prophetic word for you to move. Don't wait for a prophetic word to declare victory. Don't wait until after the fight to start dancing and declaring victory. We declare right now, we say, I will win because I am more than a conqueror because I was created to be a warrior and I was created to fight my giants and I was created to destroy them and take over land for the blessing of my life and the blessing of all of those around me. And I will say those things and dance and celebrate before I even do battle with the giant because I am guaranteed victory if I will step up to the plate. Well, if I'll step up to the plate, I'm getting guaranteed at least, you know, at least a bunt to first, maybe, you know, to, but I'm guaranteed some home runs in there too. Don't wait for someone to give you a prophetic word. No one gave David a prophetic word. No one gave David a sentence to hold on to. No one, no one declared David, you're favored. David, you're awesome. You're just right for this. David chooses himself to step up. Yeah, God chose David to be king, but we have nowhere in scripture that I can find where, where God says, David, you're going to go, you're going to go to the battlefield and you're going to step up and you're going to kill Goliath. David chooses himself to walk in this area. So here's, here's my conclusion. You can take steps right now towards your giant. You can take steps with the start, start, List out the URs you've been told, turn them all into I am's. List out the you cannots and turn them into I can. List out all the you will and turn them into I will. And you will be, you, you will face giants. Even in listening to a message about giants, we, we face giants in our thought system. We face giants in who we are. And I want to encourage you to get out there. You are promised much more than victory. You are, you are promised much more. Than, than you have right now. I just want to make that really, really clear that we are promised so much more. And why in the world as Christians, we're not stepping out into the something more. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it's based on our beliefs. Because if you are a loser, or if you are in a position where this is all you get for the rest of your life, your marriage is never any better, your health is never any better, your finances are never any better, then you are stuck. So why would you say I can if you are stuck? It's your belief. Your belief will win the day. Your belief will win the battle. All right. God bless y'all. Thanks for being here. I'll go back and, and comment on some of these. And thank you for being here. I love you guys. God bless you. Bye. Oh, go kick that giant's butt. All right. Bye.